Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of June 22nd. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff. I'm not even going to use nicknames anymore because, you know, Robert gets so mad, so I'm just going to use their professional government names. Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, I don't even know where to begin this show. We had so much racing. Uh, Shane Clayton wins one week ago. Uh, $50,000 or $40,000. Summer National started, big race at Smoky Mountain. So I'm going to start off with you. What's the first thing that pops in Kevin Kovac's mind? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of stuff. And this is all like coming right off of the of the million in the dream at Eldora. We go bounding right into like a full week of racing. And it was a lot of hot racing too. I mean, a lot of hot days too. Uh, not No rain really. Um First thing that comes up to, I mean, I, I covered Smoky Mountain Speedway's uh, Mountain Moonshine Classic for Luke Soul Series this past weekend, and uh, and Chris Madden won, and, and just Chris Madden winning again. It's pretty incredible now um, that he's he's getting into some, he, he's reaching historic proportions here with uh, uh, the season he's putting together. Already uh, just short of six hundred thousand dollars after he uh, won the fifty thousand dollar race on uh, on Saturday night, which. Uh, was his fourth 50 grand race of the year, win of the year. Uh, pretty impressive. I mean, like, uh, he could make a million dollars this year without winning the million at Eldora, uh, which, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's, that, that'll go down in the, in the history books if he's able to get that with, uh, I mean, with, with this many months left too, I mean, he's got until uh, November <clears throat> or December if he wanted to go run a, into a race uh, to really get up there. So, Chris Madden, that's the first thing I it pops into my mind. He he was the he was another another big win for Chris. Well, yeah, he might not go to the Dome, Kovac, but he'll probably go to Alltech the same weekend. I think it's a forty thousand dollar to win weekend. How many crown jewels are left? Fifty thousand dollars out there. The hundred thousand dollar dirt track world championship. That would be wild that we see two guys uh, go over the one million dollar mark, and it's definitely possible the way Chris Madden is running, Robert. What's going through your mind? What's the one takeaway you got from this past weekend? Obviously, Kovac mentioned Chris Madden and his continue his uh, hot streak of big-time paydays. So what's going through my BFF's Robert's mind right now? <laughs> uh, I just think that, uh, first of all, Kovac is, uh, is – Kevin's completely correct. You know, the first thing that, that should pop to your mind is is just what, you know, uh, what Chris Madden is doing right now. I mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, but uh, when I look at through the schedule and when I look at like I look at a lot of social media and stuff and, you know, you guys know that and I know you guys do, too. But uh, just kind of some some behind the scenes stuff with the summer nationals. That's kind of that we're not we, we really haven't reported on because no one's really come out and said anything or no one's really given us anything or it's not really been that big of a story. But a couple of things that I kind of noticed was uh miles moose you know got upside down uh in in that uh summer nationals race this past week and it was after he had been hit by uh shannon bab and you know i don't know if anybody had seen the social media but man miles moose was tore up he was upset he was like which you know anytime you get a race car tore up he's gonna be upset you're gonna be upset but uh it was like you know the social media was like, um, if, if I can't believe that, you know, this happened, 
just happened. Somebody I looked up to as a kid or whatever, somebody, somebody that was one of my racing heroes and did this, you know. So Miles Moose was really kind of uh, kind of uh, in a tizzy about that wreck. And I went back and watched it, and I wasn't there. It could have uh, could have been a racing accident. Uh, Shannon could have gotten pushed down by the 70, I think 77 car, I think maybe kind of came down a little bit. But from the video, you just can't tell to me what it was that caused all that uh so uh again i wasn't there it's just something that i noticed on on social media and some of the things that we don't always see you know and the other thing is tommy shepherd um you know a, a good young racers you know raced i guess crates and mods or whatever i guess for quite a while and Finally got a shot at this and and has won six races this year, I think. And and all of a sudden him and his car owners go separate ways. And so that's uh that's intriguing as well. So a lot a lot of little things. And of course the the other thing that I kind of mentioned in Fast Talk was the World of Outlaws guys, because the World of Outlaws were on a hiatus. Uh that they like Dennis Herb and Max Blair specifically were at these races this past week, the first week. So it was almost like those um, summer nationals ra races were World of Outlaws spinoffs or sort of, you know, it was really good field. I think we came into this thing with all these big races, not knowing what kind of fields we're going to have for these summer nationals. And I think they've been really, really good so far. That's, that's one takeaway from that's like five takeaways, but that's one of the things in addition is the, the fields are just been excellent. Yeah, I think they've gotten over 32 or higher each and every single night. They had 49 at Fairbury, and it's the hot summer months, summer nationals, tight quarters racing. So when you have a crazy accident like you had with Miles Moose, and he's going to be very fired up about it. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope he can get his car back and fix together. And, yeah, the racing's been decent, and they're headed to Springfield, Missouri. To, or They're at Springfield, Missouri last night, and they'll be at Quincy. Adams County tonight. And then Tommy Shepard, I talked to him as well. I uh, texted him and he's saying that just him and his car owner weren't seeing eye die right now. So they thought maybe at this current time, they're going to, you know, pull the plug, but never say never. I think maybe they might get back on the road. Cause I mean, six wins to start off the year in your first full year of super late model racing is quite the impressive, uh, impressive little stat there for him. So hopefully he can uh, get a car or maybe him and his owner can make up. Cause we'd love to see him at the racetrack. Now, Kyle, you basically got thrown in the fire. You go to Eldora, you head to Belleville, you do the Summer Nationals, you end up at Sycamore to finish it off. What like it was a whirlwind experience for you, but what was your biggest takeaway for your first like kind of chaotic travel schedule for Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing? Yeah, I was you know trying to reflect or had wanted you know you just after Eldora and, and the historic you know, weekend we had there, it was a shame that obviously, you know, couldn't get the dream in on that Saturday. feels like that was like two months ago, sitting here talking about it now. But yeah, no, um, I went to Belleville on Monday and Tuesday. You know, they ran on the high banks that Monday. And I mean, <laughs> we have a little Slack chat and Kevin had saw the weather, had seen the weather for Monday in Belleville, Kansas before I did. And uh, heat index, 120 degrees and 40 mile an hour winds. I mean, I would, it, it, it for sure felt like I was in a blow dryer. Um, <laughs> and so it's, uh, 
And, uh, you know, that track is obviously already fast enough. So you couple those two circumstances and those conditions. I mean, tires were bubbling. Speeds were ridiculous. Um, Not quite Bristol speeds, but, I mean, they were dang near close to it in that heat. And uh, it just didn't bode well. So obviously, you know, XR Super Series officials in the Belleville Fair Board, they came to conclusion to move that race or move the finale uh, on Tuesday night at Belleville to the infield quarter mile track, which uh, looks more like a karting track than really your typical bull ring quarter mile track that you would see in Illinois or, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of room inside that little infield track, but it actually raced really well, actually, and actually put on a great show. Um, And so obviously Shane Clanton, Won that his first uh, paycheck of forty grand or more in a decade. I think since his, I think it was the twenty twelve dream at Eldora, and so that was cool to see him. You know, get a big win back underneath him, and um, you know, and it was cool to get out to the Belleville High Banks. You know, so much history, and and so, but then obviously four more. Summer Nationals races, too. That was cool. I had a really good time at Davenport um, and Fairbury. You know, it was great to get out to go see Fairbury. That was on my bucket list and, you know, Suave's backyard there, too. So um, I had a great time at Davenport. I thought that was a great facility. I thought that was great racing. And, you know, to Robert's point, I mean, these fields, I mean, they've been fantastic. You know, Um, over 30 cars, well over 30 cars, you know, Fairbury. Fairbury drew 50 cars on uh, Saturday. So um, fields have been fantastic. The racing's been awesome too. And so um, I think, you know, going into it, you know, we weren't really knowing what to expect and in terms of fields and, and uh, just how that would all kind of shake out too. And, and how much is the tire situation going to play like play a factor and, you know, quite honestly, nobody's really talking about that right now either. So that's not really as big of a deal maybe as we think it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was certainly a baptism by fire, if you want to call it that, but uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I think it was 10 races in like 13 days I was at, or I was at a racetrack 10 days of the 13 I was on the road, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. And uh, certainly racing's not slowing down like anytime soon. You know, we got summer nationals races coming up this week, and, you know, the firecracker. And so th- things aren't slowing down whatsoever. Kovac, I just did some uh, math and counting there. Since last Monday, post Eldora Million, we've had 19 drivers win at least $5,000. And you'll see that in the summer months. Just all these guys winning different uh, at different racetracks, different series. But that's what makes the summer special. You just have all these uh, different winners at different parts of the country. Everybody's kind of in a full full bore uh, racing mode. It always has that special uh, uh, moment in dirt late model racing when that many guys are winning money. I mean, 19 since last Monday is wild to me. 
Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. There's a race every night of the week, really, and uh, and a lot of big ones. I mean, I remember Jonathan Davenport said it like a few, you know, back back when, like when the flow races were on that that couple race in Brownstown and Eldora in that week, and like, man, we can win twenty grand on a weeknight, and and here, Clanton wins forty grand on a weeknight, and uh, and Davenport won another twenty grand the night before at uh, at Belleville, and seriously, it doesn't make the summer nationals, you know, payoffs now like. Ooh, man, $5,000. I mean, that's like a, it, it doesn't seem much. I mean, like that's, I talked to some of the, some people at, at Smoky Mountain and they're like mentioning that too. Like, man, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a weekly show now when, when you see a $5,000 to win race. And in uh, the, in the summer nationals is really, a, it's a weird situation now with the summer nationals this year. I, this is, I think, a, a point that could be made too about like, I mean, look, with our coverage, I mean, we, Obviously, summer nationals has always been such a big deal uh, for for dirt on dirt and stuff. But the summer nationals was uh, kind of a compact, more compact thing of maybe four weeks, you know, um, in that stretch. And in that stretch, for how many years, there were no other big races aside from, I'd say, like, you know, maybe uh, uh, the, the Lernerville Firecracker. The Firecracker 100, that's always been, a, that's basically been a $30,000 to win race every year. Sort And it's outside of the Summer Nationals, uh, you know, area. I mean, now every single week of the Summer Nationals, there's a major event. I mean, you had $50,000 this past weekend at Smoky Mountain. You got $50,000 at Lernerville now. For, it's moved up to fifty grand. You got the, the Muskegon County coming up with 30000 for the first time. Uh, july 4th week and then i mean and then you got the gopher at deer creek 50 grand it's it's like the the summer nationals doesn't have the spotlight quite that it always has uh i, I think it, i think you'd all agree with that i mean with all these other races coming in and uh and kind of taking that i mean it would, there was always races but it would be like the uh you know like the, the ten thousands and the normal uh national tour uh <clears throat> payoffs now, I mean, they're blockbuster races that uh that that are being being run every single week, right in the midst of the summer nationals, and that kind of that, that that makes it gives it a different look to the whole racing landscape, I'd say. Yeah, it's uh just the time we're in. We have all these weekday races now too going after it. Uh, big time crown jewels during the time of the summer nationals are up in their pay, and it's just a wacky, crazy world. So obviously, our coverage has been a little bit different. No doubt, we're still uh, putting our heart and soul into the overall landscape of dirt late model racing. We just got to kind of switch it up a little bit. Um, Robert, what do you think this landscape is going to be like here in the next uh, week or two? There's a lot of plenty of races here. You think we're, we're going to continue to see 17 to 18 drivers every two weeks winning five K's and, you know, getting a little story written about them or a little uh, spotlight for them just because they're winning these races and we're showing the highlights and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I was, uh, you know, you, you look back at uh, at like the race down at at Magnolia, the uh, the Clash to Mag, uh, that race. You know, uh, Will Harrington picked up that that win. Uh, actually, swept that. You know, well in the past that's been a Lucas Oil sanctioned race, and it was just it was a and, and co sanctioned uh, last couple of years by the uh, Comp Cams deal. You look at the people who've won that race. And we're talking, you know, Davenport, Owens, Marler, a um, couple times, Daryl Lanigan, um, Don O'Neill, Scott Bloomquist, Earl Pearson Jr., Billy Moyer. Those are guys who's, who've won that race. And now you've got Will Harrington on that list. And, and I'm not taking anything 
away from Will Harrington because he earned, uh, he raced his butt off and he, he earned those races and put on a hell of a show. But when you look at that list, if somebody said, you know, what doesn't belong here, eh, Will Harrington, but that's not the case anymore. You know, again, not taking anything away from him because he earned that. It was a hell of a show. So that's that's the way it is now. And, and like we had talked about that at the beginning of the year, this schedule, this money, this influx of races and, and new tours and 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 the, the way that things are looking now, it's going to give drivers who, who are usually don't win these types of races. It's giving them an opportunity to to make uh, some some good money on the regional level for some of these guys that where this money was usually going to the Marlers and the Davenports, and, you know, and, and those guys. And now you got a guy like Will Harrington who comes in there and and leaves there, I guess, with what, sixteen or $17,000 that weekend down at Magnolia. And that's a race that I usually cover when it was a Lucas Ola race. I think I've covered that race for several years. And now, you know, we were so busy so busy that this twelve thousand dollar to win race kind of falls through the cracks it doesn't really fall through the cracks but it, it's just it's not our main focus i'm using air quotes here it's not our main focus because we've got so much other big stuff elsewhere and that's that's the way it is but i think i think while it lasts if you're a regional driver you know we had a what sam c Wright goes and wins a five thousand four or five thousand dollars southern all-star race at east alabama and another hell of a show you know these kids these young kids are really are really getting up on the wheel and putting on good shows for us and they're getting paid for it and so if you're that kind of guy now's the time to get out if you can afford to put diesel in your rig now's the time to get out and hit some of these shows because not all of these shows are even full fields. Of course, Magnolia was, but, you know, because of the, the, the economics, you know, there's some, some 20 car fields out there and you can go out and make some money if you're a regional driver and don't have to, don't have to drive too far. Yeah. It's great for those middle tier guys to finally uh, get out there and win some races that are available now to them that maybe wasn't there five to 10 years ago because a different sanctioning body was there there was less races post stream, but now there's, you know, at least 23, 24 races that paid this past weekend, five grand, obviously a couple were won by the same driver. Kyle, I'll talk to you one more time before we get to our topic, though, these guys are winning it. It's just like you said, Jonathan Davenport winning a million dollars seemed like two months ago, just the news cycle so quick. So if you win, you're going to be a hero for like 24 hours. Then we're going to go to the next thing the next day. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was, uh, yeah, I think also, you know, I know that Chris, Chris Madden, you know, he's been having, if you, you know, I know that both Madden and Davenport, they're like tied atop our rankings this week, but it, uh, I was kind of thinking, you know, say after that Davenport had won the million. I was like, well, you know, how long is he going to stay, stay atop the rankings? And, uh, you know, now we have a gridlock up top. And so I guess, um, you know, I guess like what I'm trying to say is that, uh, yeah, things change fast. How we view the stock, I guess, maybe of every 
team and driver, you know, it, it, it's, it ebbs and flows like so much. And, you know, back to Robert's mention of like Tommy Shepard, you know, I was quite stunned to hear that news. You know I mean? He's won six times this year, thought he was putting up a, a good effort at this, you know, summer nationals in the first week and, you know, not to even close out the week and, you know, to have those two part ways, at least for now, I mean, that was quite shocking, but yeah, I mean, it, it goes to show, you know, that, that things change fast, things change fast. And I mean, but uh, I mean, you look at a guy like Chris, Chris Simpson, you know, he wrecked a car at Eldora, you know, hadn't won in 50 some races up to that point comes out of the box in the summer nationals. He just bought a car from a friend had no idea how this car I mean, he must have had some kind of confidence in the car if he's obviously going to go out of his way and buy it. But he had no idea how it was going to react. And first thing off the bat, you know, picks off a win at Davenport, even though he had some help there with Bobby Pierce breaking out of the race with six laps to go. Still, I mean, he was in position. He had led, led laps up to that point and comes back at Fairbury on Saturday night, wins another, you know. So, I mean, things just change so fast, you know. Um, and, uh, you really do have to take it kind of a race by race thing. And, you know, I coach basketball, right. And we're only as good as our last game. You know, you can't dwell on the last game. You know, you can certainly learn from it or take bits and pieces and and try to build upon it. Right. That's how you string together the seasons that, you know, Chris, Chris Madden's having. I mean, he had a terrible speed weeks, right? Nobody is ever thinking about that, you know? Uh, that is, that is, that is not even in the rear view. And so, yeah, I mean, things change so fast and, you know, things evolve so fast in this sport and, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll have plenty of more to talk about at this point in time next week too, you know? Yeah. I think the only two drivers that are in the news cycle constantly this whole year pretty much has been Chris Madden and Jonathan Davenport. I feel like the rest of the guys go through a lot of peaks and valleys where they win. They might not win for a month, and they'll pick back up and win a few. So kudos to Chris Madden and J.D. for keeping it in the news cycle every week because it seems like they're winning all the big money pain races at this moment. We will see if that changes. Yeah, we talk about this quick uh, turnaround in the news cycle with drivers winning. We go on to the next day or the next weekend. But, Kovac, you were at Smoky Mountain, and that's a track with a lot of history, NASCAR ties, and – uh stuff like that. So our topic this week, you kind of had came up with the idea is like, what tracks do we look forward to? Because no matter how many years we go there, you kind of get excited or pumped up going to that racetrack because of all the rich history. Obviously, we all get fired up to go to Eldora because there's so much legendary moments. All the cr- greatest drivers in short track racing have raced there. You know, the big money, big pain races, the big events are there. So we always get pumped up because the history is so rich. You went to Smoky Mountain, Kovac. So what is uh, – is that the track you're going to go with that you got pumped up to go there because all the history you know there? Or is there a couple others you like to go to too, knowing that, hey, this thing has a lot of history. A.J. Foyt raced here back in the day. I like coming here to check it out. Well, it just kind of – it got in my mind at Smoky Mountain because uh, – I mean, I obviously know that it's been around for a long time and it had NASCAR races, NASCAR Cup races when it was called the Grand National Division in the 60s, early 70s and stuff. So it's a it's a pretty, uh, you know, well-known place, you know, has some pretty good history there. And uh, and then I'm sitting up in the tower during the races with uh, Richard Allen from Inside Dirt Racing, uh, 
And he's a guy that, you know, he, he's from East Tennessee. So he knows that area and grew up there. And, uh, and he's telling me some, little, some, I mean, I asked him like, well, Hey, you know, when, when, how big was the racetrack when it was, uh, you know, uh, when it was having NASCAR races and he tells me, Hey, look out over there outside of turn one and two, there's a pond over there. Uh, the racetrack used to go beyond that. So I'm like, man, that's a pretty big place. And, uh, but, but he also, there's a, I mean, Richard's a guy that was there. He, he was there for a cup race, uh, old grand national division when he was about like two years old i said i think he said he was in um his, his father took him his he, he's telling me about his father saying one of the best race he ever saw in his life was at smoky mountain a nascar race when david pearson and richard petty battled for the win uh two of the most famous names in motorsports uh in the country and and then he tells me, he's like, man, there was a time you ever hear the story about Buddy Baker on the backstretch here at Smoky Mountain when he uh, when he uh, got he crashed, uh, got and they got him out of the car, finally put him on a gurney, you know, to, to take him off uh, to the to the ambulance. And then they dropped him off the gurney, you know, as they, as they were taking him away to the you know old station wagon, uh, you know, uh, and, and I guess he would said something, you know, like, man, I got hurt more from them dropping me than I did in the race car wreck. but. Uh, those kind of things just kind of like get your mind going like, man, look at the stuff that's happened here. And, um, and that's, uh, and if I have to pick, I guess, one, um, track that, that I, that, you know, really stands out to me, like you said, Derek is, uh, is Eldora. I mean, every time I go there, I, you just walk through. I mean, I've always said like Eldora is sort of like, uh, you know, the magic kingdom, Disney world, you know, you go to magic kingdom and you don't see it from the highway. I mean, you don't see that place. You have to go deep into the, it's like you're going in off the, off the, you know, out, out of reality and into the, the, the different place. And Eldora is like that sort of too, where, I mean, you see some light sticking up at the track. You don't really see it when you go by there until you go inside, uh, inside like the arena sort of, and you go through that tunnel at Eldora. Um, I mean, at the time I walked through there, I mean, I, I first race I ever saw there was back in like 1987, I believe I went to a Kings Royal there. Uh, I, I saw, I look out turns one and two, I'm standing there during the race for the dream and the world uh, and all the rate a million this year. Uh, and I look outside of turn one and two. And I remember Kenny Jacobs flipping over the wall and his the, the Bob Weikert sprint car. Uh, when I was there, I remember I was there when Brad Doty, uh, had his accident, uh, and, and was paralyzed in, in a wreck. You know, I saw Jeff Gordon win a heat race there. So, I mean, you just see all the, and then I know it even goes back farther than that. You talk to Jack Hewitt. Uh, last year he was there and he's coming up with all these stories about Eldora. Um, and it's just, uh, and, and then all these, I mean, I, I think of the, the, the 2006 world 100, that how great of a race that was. I wish I would have been at the, uh, the Brian Burkhoff for last lap pass over Bloomquist to win that one. I still want to see one of those uh, uh, crown jewel races, but it, it, it just, it, it kind of envelops you. Like I'm not just thinking about the race that I'm at, I'm thinking about all those races that happened and ones I wish I would have seen uh, back in the day at a, at a track like Eldora. Yeah, I like the Disney World reference there, Kovac, of the Big E. It's like, hey, the teacups, right, when he went there when you're 10 years old, you go there back 25 years later and you're like, oh, man, the teacup ride still is, is the exact same. It rides the same. You can spin about the same amount. So that was a good one. Yeah, it's always uh, great to go to Eldora. Robert? What about you? You've been you uh you've probably been to a lot of racetracks with rich history. What one kind of gets your uh, blood flowing when you go there, knowing that it's had uh some legends there, some great stories there as well? Uh, you know, probably the the track that that makes me feel that way the most is 
is not a dirt track, unfortunately. It's it's Nashville Fairgrounds, you know, and I don't think there's probably a track. I don't I don't there are a few tracks in the United States that have the history of the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, but uh so that that personally is is you know, I'll I've gone there when they're not even racing before and just walked up carried my son up through there and the gates were open and we walked up through there and just think about the people who've come through there, you know, the Daryl Waltrips and Bobby Allison's and Richard, all the people in the history. So, so for me personally, it's, it's, I really feel that way only really about Nashville fairgrounds, but I wanted to kind of share some information just about two other tracks that really have deep history in Tennessee as well. One of them's halfway in Tennessee and the other one is, hundred percent in Tennessee, uh, 411, uh, speedway, you know, was a former asphalt track. Uh, and it had, um, it hosted an ARCA race in 1973. It's held uh Winston all pro series. The goodies dash has been there. The Hooters cup series and, and numerous Southern all-star asphalt races have been there. Uh, in fact, that's the, that's the, probably one of the last short track races that I ever saw Jeff Purvis race at. Uh, they In 92, I went over there on a couple Tuesday nights. They had dirt cars on asphalt, and uh, and one of them was won by Mike Head, and one of them was won by Ronnie Johnson. But but Purvis was, uh, Jeff Purvis was over there driving one of Skip Arp's cars. But, uh, you know, Dick Anderson, you know, famous uh, short track r- racer, uh, has won there when it was on asphalt. So that track has a lot of history that a lot of people, a lot of people look at it and see that that infield and see that X, and it kind of gives you like, yeah, this maybe this was an asphalt track. Well, it was. Uh, it's gone back and forth, but uh, but a lot of history right there that you know p- people may not be aware of. Uh, and the other one is is, it, you may not think about this at all, but Boyd Speedway. Half of it's in Georgia, half of it's in Tennessee. It's had a couple different names over the years from originally it was Boyd's and then it was like Tennessee, Georgia Speedway and then State Line Speedway. But this this track has NASCAR roots all the way back to the 50s. I mean, there were some prolific drivers who, you know, Freddie Fryer, uh, that Louisiana driver who won the Snowball Derby, I think like two or three times. Uh, he was won a bunch of races at Boyd's over the year, uh, but Bobby Allison won two races there. Tim Flock, Jolie Johnson, uh, David Pearson, and Joe Weatherly both have won races at Boyd's. I mean, think about we don't think about that when we go to the Boyd's as it is now. That's not something that even probably crosses most people's minds. That hey, you know, David David Pearson's won here. Bobby Allison's won here. You know, Joe Weatherly. You know, of course, Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie Johnson's dad, Joe Lee Johnson, but uh, both of the, the the Pearson win was a 300 lapper, and and it was a NASCAR Grand National race, uh, as was uh, Joe Weatherly's. Uh, so you know, and then when it goes dirt, you've got all the history of you know Jerry Emmons won there, and it's the think about Boyd's is the track, the home track of two Hall of Famers, not one but two, Dale McDowell and Ronnie Johnson. You know that's modern history right there that we're we're making. You know, then and like I said, Jerry Emmons won there, and 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 now all these modern, all the the, the new age, you know, Brandon Overton and McDowell and Clanton and Rex Ritchie and Skip Arp and Ray Cook and Ricky Weiss, all these guys that have won there. So, uh, so you know, it I don't really get that 
feeling necessarily that at Boyd's that I get at Nashville because I didn't go to at Boyd's in the east part of the state and I didn't go there as a child and and so I get that feeling when I go to Nashville because that's where I went a lot but but uh, a lot of people may not know that history about 411 and Boyd's both have deep deep NASCAR ties and a lot of good drivers have come through there over the years so next time you go to those tracks just kind of look around and try to think about oh man some some really talented guys have been through this place yeah i for one did not know that had such rich history robert so thank you for sharing that's uh pretty cool for those tennessee slash you know georgia tracks because that is a hotbed for uh late model drivers in the past present and probably future so that's a that's a great one i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with uh the indiana big half mile track of Terre Haute down there in uh southwest indiana obviously it's been around since 1952 a fairgrounds track arguably the most famous uh usac track that they got maybe eldora with uh was a little bit ahead but i mean Terre Haute, they've had so many famous drivers Drivers that race the Indy 500, right? Like AJ Foyt, they race there. Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart, their Hall of Famers had great careers as well. And they, I mean, you always see these crazy wrecks when you see highlights of Terre Haute, them flipping out of the ballpark, fast speeds. I'm lucky enough to cover, you know, three or four late model races there throughout my uh, DOD career. So every time I go there, I kind of just kind of, when the race is going on, you see that huge grandstand that's covered. And you're like, man, so many damn legends have been racing here. It's been around for a long, long time, over 70 years now, which is which is pretty damn crazy in itself. Also, they had uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Card video game, and that track was on there. So you're like, oh, man, I remember playing this uh, this track growing up. you know. And you're like, man, this thing, the Outlaw Sprint Cards were there. Now I get to watch a late model race here. So I always get giddy. Uh, going to Terre Haute, and a lot of guys maybe when we first went there didn't like the racing. It was too big, but the last two times the Summer Nationals and World of Outlaws met there for a race in the summer, and I think 2019 and 2018, the racing was phenomenal. Uh, They're on the top and bottom. I know Devin Moran won one. I think Sheppy won the other. So Terre Haute's the one track that has a lot of rich history. When I go there, I get like uh, I'm a little kid playing a video game again because I played it growing up obviously you read the history up on the track they've had they have famous USAC races and drivers so Terre Haute is definitely one of those places maybe not fully for this late model crowd listening at home but you know go check it out they have a late model race again it's a pretty cool facility Kyle what about you man what's oh Robert raised his hand like he's in school what's up if you can go to Terre Haute when the fair is in town Yes, you will hardly awesome see too. a you'll hardly see a better picture off of turn one and two at nighttime. Uh, I've only been there a couple of times, but that is those kind of tracks like that that actually have a race in the fair. If you can get that kind of sh- that is incredible. You know, I'm not a huge huge fan of the track, but uh, you know, what do you think, Kev? Oh yeah, I, I would. I was just going to second that. I mean, uh, that's like old time historic racing. Uh, you know, the, the quintessential, I guess, uh, the fair in the racetrack. You know, I mean, so many racetracks really were just fairgrounds. I mean, that. I, I mean, I, I might not even be going to races if it wasn't for a fair being. You know, racetrack being at a fair. I mean, that's what Flemington Speedway in New Jersey is not there anymore. But I went to the fair uh, each year, like around Labor Day weekend. Uh, it, before I ever went to a, a race, I mean, I remember seeing like the, they used to have the fireman's parade going around the racetrack. 
that's right first that's the first things i ever saw go around that racetrack and and then uh you know when I turned nine years old i, I went to a race and, uh, and it's all history since then but uh yeah i mean i, I think those fairs can uh, really suck in some new new people uh because there's a race going on uh and you know I, that's I, that's like that's the big uh you know obviously the race is the big uh a featured attraction uh, at, at so many fairs, and, and you know, see that Ferris wheel in the background. That's a that's a famous photo of all all kinds of racetracks all over the country. That's Americana, Kovac. The fair Ferris wheel, the fair going on in the background. Robert, I won't tell the people that we rode the Ferris wheel together during the our times at Terre Haute. That's just we'll save that for a different story. Great time. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Kyle. Hilarious. What do you got, man? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, well, I had. The fortunate opportunity to cross off two of the tracks that I've always wanted to kind of go to last week. First being Belleville. Um, and then the second, Fairbury. Uh, but Belleville, I mean, Belleville's got, honestly, like, I didn't really, I knew that Belleville was, like, historic and everything, right? But, like, I didn't really know just how much history, really, that track had. It feels like the Wrigley Field of dirt tracks, honestly. Um, you're just walking up and it's just, uh, it just feels like you're just going back in time, you know, with the covered grandstands and the cars almost like blending into the, the Kansas pasture land and it's just flat and it, and it, uh, the low guard rails, uh, no catch fence other than, you know, the strip on the front stretch, um, and just the high banks. I mean, it, 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 it feels like a big soup bowl. The track is basically like just a, a giant circle, and uh, just watching the late models roll around there, I really hope, and I'm optimistic that the super late models or any sort of race that has to do with super late models will be back next year on the high banks. Um, maybe have to push that. Maybe have to push that race back just a little bit to avoid weather conflicts uh and just the excessive heat that made it unsafe but i enjoyed getting out there and watching you know those cars absolutely rip around that uh that big half mile like they were slot cars and uh yeah and 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 just like browsing browsing the grounds i mean i think their first race at belleville was in like 1910 i think it was july 4th 1910 um, so that was really cool to, you know, get out there. Fairbury was awesome. Uh, track that I'm looking forward to getting out to also this year is Knoxville, you know, out in Iowa, just try just the, all the history there. And then, uh, obviously, you know, can't forget about Eldora, you know, it most certainly lives up to its name as the world's greatest dirt track. And, you know, I even have a few, like a few tracks in my backyard, you know, Kevin can say the same too. You know, Williams Grove Speedway, Lincoln, Bedford, you know, Lernerville, you know, all those tracks too. I always, always, always look forward to getting out to those tracks, you know, just because of the history. And so, but, um, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, just like walking into Belleville last week and just kind of soaking in. You can just kind of feel the nostalgia. And uh, even though I had never been there before, you know, it felt like I just, you know, walked back in time. And, you know, I I really have only gotten that feel twice elsewhere, one being 
Darlington, you know, for the Southern 500, when I went in 2019, it certainly had that same kind of feel that you're kind of walking back in time. Uh, and then every time I go to Bedford Fairgrounds in Pennsylvania, I get that feel too, you know, just, uh, just the old time feel, old school overlay of the track. And so, and then I look forward to also hoping to maybe get out to North Wilkesboro at some point this year too. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a list of tracks, um, you know, and can't really favor one above the rest, I guess. And uh, it's just cool to be able to experience, you know, the history and just to read up on the history and, you know, give yourself a little history lesson. Yeah, you know, last, but uh, yeah, Belleville was cool. And then Fairbury on Saturday. Yeah, with the day of age of technology and how fast everything goes, it's kind of cool to slow down a little bit and appreciate the history and nostalgia of all these dirt tracks, whether it's uh, from a childhood memory, you personally, like you go back or when you read up on it, like you said, Kyle, going to a new track. It's uh, pretty cool when you can appreciate just how long some of these dirt tracks have been around. All right, guys. Well, we have one more thing, as always, to finish out the show. And Robert, why don't you go first this week? I'm feeling uh, extra sporty for my BFF. You, you can lead off today. Thank you, sir. I will take that. Um, I am uh, um, one more thing. I'm heading out to uh, my first uh, dirt car summer nationals coverage of the the season, and uh, it's a four race stretch. But in the middle of that four race stretch is uh, I'm going over to world famous Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I fifty five on the corner of Main Street and whatever the name of the track is. It's so long. Anyway. Uh, so I'm going over there to Peevely. It's like how, that's how I like to call it, just Peevely. And I uh, love the track. It's a bull ring. It's great racing. Bobby Pierce won over there last year. Brandon Shepard's won three of the last four. He will not win four of the last five because he's changed tours. So that's my one more thing. Uh, except for Pierce, Brandon Shepard's exit to another tour has given some guys a chance to uh to get to victory lane here at uh at peevely and kind of uh give, giving those guys a, a chance to breathe over there at a track that he is that shepherd has really owned uh except for last year really owned for the last few seasons every time he's gone there he's been magnificent and he will not be there so look forward to to seeing who can step up and and maybe win you know could be pierce again it could be pierce now so uh so we'll see Looking forward to it. Boondoggle. Hashtag boondoggle. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I-55 just reminds me of like a mini Eldora, just like the walls and the layout. It just kind of looks the same. The racing is always, always great there for the most part. So let's see if they get a dial in. And it's 10000 on Friday, 20000 Woo versus UMP, as I like to say. Battling out. Maybe some new guys can uh, get the W there. Pierce, if they can hold off Pierce, it'll be tough to beat. Kyle, you can go next. Kovac, I'm going to let you go last, buddy, because you're a stud. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so XR Super Series, you know, they had a little schedule shake up this past weekend um, or for the rest of the year. You know, the Stewart Beaver 100 out in Iowa uh, cut from four days to two on July 11th and 12th. And then their Texas State uh, got uh, moved. Um, from September 19th to 20th 
away from the Texas dirt track to Kokomo Speedway in Indiana. That same, those same two dates, uh, September 19th and 20th. So, uh, just thought that was interesting. Um, and, uh, worth a share. Yeah. Huge schedule change for that series there with a lot of money on the line, still up for grabs in that series. We'll see how that pans out. I will go next and I will be making my debut to Kovacs home state of PA going to the firecracker 100 leaving tonight on Wednesday. So very pumped up about it. Uh, it's obviously been a world of outlaw sanction race. I've been, you know, always during the same time of the summer nationals. So going to a little bit of different races this summer compared to what I have been the last couple of years. And firecracker has been on my bucket list because as Kevin has pointed out, or Andrew Laurier, a.k.a. Chinaman, he's saying it's like Fairbury a little bit. They uh, like to have a good time in camping, and the, the racing's always pretty good. And it looks like the weather, Kovac, we're going to get some good weather there finally, knock on wood. It seems like every time Firecracker has a race, there's always just a rain. I think one time you saw Kovac, or uh, excuse me, you saw Rigsby and Mrs. Rigsby, you know, picking up their tent, and you're watching from the top of the press box. You didn't help out at all, so we're not going to go in too much detail. That that was before you worked for us, so uh, you got the excuse there. So I'm very excited. Uh, we're going to have a lot of good content. Me and Danny Wilson will be there. We're going to do like one lap, one beer with Greg Satterley, talk about the Calzone incident at the pub, and uh, just a whole bunch of different things uh, with the truth, and we're going to have full recaps and stuff like that, which here in the last you know, two or three years, we've had coverage of it. We've had a rider and, you know, we've had some interviews, but we're going to go like full bore in it because we haven't done that, you know, in a couple of years, at least on the interview side of that. So looking forward to that. Never been to the famous uh, PA track. So that is my one more thing. I will see you guys all at the firecracker. Kovac, finish it off. Oh, yeah. that Derek making his debut at the firecracker. I'm sure Chubb Frank has his – uh uh, Chubb Frank dumbass award stickers ready to give him out, give out some to Derek, you know, just for old time's sake. Uh, and, I've gotten uh, two it, in my life. Of, so. Yeah, you you might get another one probably there if you don't if you do something that that Chubb sees. You know, he'll be back in that corner park. You'll you'll see Chubb. I mean, it, he's the center of attention. Unfortunately, no Boom Briggs though because uh, the Outlaws will be in Missouri and then Boom's traveling that, so you won't get to see Boom, but. In, in one of his elements and, and I'm going to, that's kind of what I'm talking about here too. I just wanted to mention the, that this is the first year that the firecracker is, uh, will be Lucas oil sanctioned. It's been since 2007 when it was uh, formed, you know, under the outlaw banner. Uh, so it's kind of, it's a, it's a definite different, different look to the summer, to the uh, fire, to the summer, the big first one of the big first races of the summer here, uh, firecracker 100. Um, and, and it's going to be a little hard, I think, uh, to shake the outlaw uh, history there of the firecracker. I already noticed that by the by the Lernerville Speedway uh, on looking on their social media on Monday. They posted a schedule for the the entire weekend, and on all three days, there says there's a little break in there, and it says Lucas Oil redraw. Uh, Lucas Oil late model redraw on there, uh, scheduled in there. So, uh, of course, the Lucas Oil series does not do a redraw. The World of Outlaws do, do a redraw, and they've been doing a feature redraw all through the years that uh, that they've been at the Firecracker. So, uh, Lernerville Speedway has to shake off uh, the World of Outlaws thoughts here, which obviously they still have because they 
think that there's a redraw for the Lucas Oil Series. That won't be happening. So let's uh has to get into a Lucas Oil mode, I guess, over there at Lernerville. Well, yeah, when you're inbreded for that many years of one series coming there, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, you're kind of losing your, uh, I guess, what would it be? Your uh, schedule will be off a little bit, you know, no redraw and stuff like yep. that. But I think the fans are still going to have a good time and they're going to have a whale of the field there. I think all the heavy national guys that aren't on national series, they'll be there. So $50,000 up for grabs again. Seems like we're just doing this every week now. So that's uh, very exciting. I cannot wait. Kovac? One note, though, about the uh, the firecracker and all these guys are going to be there. Uh, Chris Madden doesn't plan to be there. He he says he's leaving. He's going down to Florida with his son Avery, who's in a baseball tournament for the week. I mean, again, when you win almost six hundred thousand dollars before July fourth, I guess you have a little leeway. Uh, you don't have to go to every race. Then you know you, your bank account's pretty full, and he's going to spend some time with the family. And 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 he's a former winner of the firecracker one hundred. He loves the place. He loves going. He loves that slick track. And I would imagine, considering the way he's running, there's going to be a lot of people that will be – a lot of racers that will be very happy not to see the 44 in the pit area at Lernerville this weekend. Yeah, it should be a great time. Big money at Lernerville. Summer Nationals, World of Outlaws, duking it out in a head-to-head competition at I-55. Then they're racing – the Outlaws are racing Sunday at Jacksonville. Nice little quarter-mile uh, racetrack as well. That'll be fun. All the other series, regional series racing as well. It's going to be a whole – action-packed weekend people at home make sure you check out all the stories all the video content at dirt on dirt and flow racing it'll be a great time we will see you next week on the dirt reporters